and I bet he's going to top it this week. So we welcome up Pete as he comes up to preach this morning. Well, thank you so much. I, um, I, uh, message title, I'm not sure I should have enjoyed it. This morning we're looking at humble steps. Humble steps. Well, uh, it's such a privilege to be able to share this moment with you as part of the community. Uh, we're all a community here. And uh, let me say, if you, if you came for the first time today, it is a huge privilege to be able to share with you. My name's Peter, if we haven't met, and I'm one of the pastors here. Maybe you came for the first time last week and you're here again for a second time. It is a huge privilege. Recap for you, this, we're taking four weeks to go through a series called Mail from Jail. I don't know, maybe you've received mail from jail, or, or maybe you've even written mail from jail, but um, <laughs> trust the Lord's done something good in your life, and that's why you're here. But, um, but what I'd love to share with you this morning is some thoughts around the idea uh, that whatever somebody does when they're facing their deathbed, or whatever somebody says when they're persevering under intense trial, those things are worth paying attention to. And the Apostle Paul spent a great deal of time in prison. And while he was in prison, he wrote some of the letters that are in our Bible. And one of them is Philippians. So we are having a look. Last week was uh, Philippians chapter 1. And it makes sense today that we're looking at Philippians chapter 2. And there's a small portion of it in your notes. And it'll be up on the screens behind me just in a little minute. But can I let you into a little confession this morning? It's confession time. I have always, always wanted to experience what it was like to go into the Koru Lounge at the airport. Like you, and like of what it's like to sit in a small, uncomfortable little seat, looking at my watch, wondering when our flight is going to be called, with the only thing to eat is a scraggedy little muesli bar in the bottom of my bag, and looking off to one side and seeing a, a dark and mysterious and alluring hallway with some beautiful staff and some well-carpeted areas with the sign Koru Club. Wondering, peering down the hallway, just wondering what it might be like to go into the Koru Club lounge. I can only imagine what that might be like to, to go down that hallway. I've pictured in my mind, it's kind of like heaven on earth. It's just, it's just beautiful and amazing. The airport lounge of kings. And that was until a few months back when I was walking through the airport with some friends of mine. And it suddenly dawned on me that these guys have Koru Club memberships. And I remember my mother-in-law, who has one of these elite passes, telling me that when you have a Koru Club membership, you can take a friend. If I look at my watch, we've got an hour. I wonder if we're going to go to the Koru Club lounge. As you might have guessed, we did. We entered that magical kingdom. There was a full buffet or whatever drinks you like. And I actually took this time and I said, we're going to take a photo of this. And so we just took a photo in the Koru Club Lounge. We had made it. Really, truly made it in life. So you can take that down now. <laughs> We're too chuffed here. <laughs> Very good. The interesting thing about, about that experience was that on that trip, we went to the Koru Club two more times, and we never captured the same feeling that we did the first time. 
It was like in my mind, I had anticipated just visiting a koru club. I, uh, before I went, I was okay with just a visit. Having been there, I wasn't okay with a visit any longer. I needed a membership for myself. I needed it to be every time. And isn't it funny how life does that to us? It kind of is moving us, and society and culture is moving us in an uphill direction where we are always wanting more, needing more. And maybe you're successful and you've been given more on your life and more and more and more has turned into more. Or maybe you're not as successful and you've just got that desire for more, but your idea is always taking us on an uphill journey into more. It's telling us that we need more. For me, what seemed like a promotion suddenly turned into just regular life. Life pushes us uphill. My message for you this morning is downhill. Life is wanting to take us up into more money, more promotion, more important friends, more friends full stop, just more of anything, everything. Humility understands that, turns her 180 degrees, and actively walks downhill into less, into a lowly place. Culture wants to take us uphill. It's like when you get a pay rise, and for that first week or two, the pay rise feels like extra money. And then after, after maybe a month into your, into your pay rise, it doesn't feel like extra money anymore. It's just money. It's just, it's just your, your standard, and you're left wondering when your next pay rise might happen. And maybe you've been looking online, and you'd really love a brand new phone, maybe an iPhone or, or, a, or a new TV, new smart TV. And you finally, you save and you save and save and you get all your money together and you get it. And for a week, it's awesome. You've got this brand new toy and it's got a new phone. But after a week, it just turns into your phone. It goes from being new to just being same coming out. I wonder when the next smart TV might be coming out with some additional features. Whatever it might be for you, uh, we've all felt that pressure to walk uphill into more, into more money, more, uh, a larger profit margin for our business. The Lord would say, humble steps always move downward. Humble steps always go downhill. Philippians chapter 2 is telling us that Christ himself left the glory of heaven to make himself a slave. And if, as if making himself a slave was not enough, he made himself a crucified, killed slave. For our sake. You know, if I can be honest, I'm not sure I would have preached this message had not Philippians 2 come after Philippians 1. Like, like if somebody had said to me, hey, preach a standalone message, I probably would have chosen something uplifting, something not as offensive to our culture as this message. But unfortunately for me, Philippians 2 comes after Philippians 1. And you can't preach this message without, without uh, giving a clear instruction to our culture that for as us as Christians, we need to put a stake in the ground and say, I will not be downhill. Humble steps always go downhill. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. It's up on the screens behind me and it's in your notes. It says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from His love, tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. 
Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. You know, Philippians 2 2, uh, starts off with that word, therefore, therefore. And whenever a scripture starts off with the word, therefore, what it's saying is the argument that the author made immediately before that word, therefore, is to be kind of wrapped up and brought with it into that sentence. So it's saying that everything that we discussed in chapter one is kind of packaged up and brought with it into the opening sentences of Philippians chapter two. In chapter one, we saw that it was all about the call of God on our lives, that that God is commanding us to be obedient to the call of God on our lives. And then chapter two starts off with this word, therefore. It's almost like it's saying, therefore, as you live your life for the right things, in saying and doing the things of God, as you are obedient in what he's called you, do not forget that there is an inner obedience as well. There is something that happens on the inside of you that's saying that it is possible to be found doing all the right things, but not being the right person. That in Christianity and our Christian walks, we have these two worlds that we live in. There's doing the right stuff, and then there's the being side of it. There's our character. And it's like Paul is saying, in your obedience, make sure your obedience is motivated by humility, by being the right person. He says this, as a command to Christians who are found in obedience, it is a command in verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition, in vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. You know, what makes this passage such a tough one to share, and perhaps uh, you're not a Christian, you're here because you're interested in church, and maybe this message is even sounding a little offensive to you, um, but the reason this, this message is so tough to share and so tough to hear is that it's a direct opposite to the way our world would like us to move in. More for us, what we can go. The Christian is commanded to, instead of embracing more like the rest of the world, to turn around and actively walk downhill into less. Let me illustrate, as as I was preparing uh, this message, I came across an amazing product online, a product that appeals to every uh, cultural side of me that I've been taught. It's a new Samsung TV. And, <laughs> this is awesome. This is great. And instead of just releasing one large TV, like, like historically has been happened, Samsung have come up with the idea that they will release panels. And these panels click into each other. You can buy four panels or you can buy six panels, however many panels you can afford, and, and you can just pop them up on your wall. And when you would like a larger TV, you just buy an extra couple of panels. It's, it's this product that gets us away from thinking about always wanting more and having to replace something like we have historically if we wanted more in the past. You just add in an extra couple of panels. Your current TV, not enough. That's okay. You can have just a little bit more. The thought is that everywhere we look, we're told we needed more. More Instagram followers. More, more, more. The 
Henry, uh, uh, the author Henry Nguyen wrote this about uh, in a book he calls Downward Mobility. He coined this phrase. Well, he didn't coin the phrase. He, he captured the phrase and put a Christian spin on it um, called Downward Mobility. This is what he says about the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is radically different. It is not the way of upward mobility. It's not the way of more, but it's the way of downward mobility. It's the way of going to the bottom, staying behind the sets, and choosing last place. When I read this quote, it stirred up so much in me that, uh, that had so many questions in my spirit. It was almost like uh, the earthly side of me said, well, how does that actually work? Does that actually make a difference? And so that's why Henry Nguyen goes on to say this. Why is the way of Jesus worth choosing? Because it is the way to the kingdom, the way Jesus took and the way that brings everlasting life. You know, uh, that word in Greek, vain conceit, that we read in that scripture. That's a, um, at, a, at the root word of that. This is exciting. I, I was excited when I read this. Uh, at the root word of that was a word used to describe politicians who volley and, and kind of jockey each other for political position and power. And they don't do that to make an influence, an uh, impact. They do that to get more money and wealth. And so how, much, how many of us can fall into the same trap where we are using everything we have Instead of uh, selfish ambition, we're told in this passage to embrace humility. The word in Greek of, uh, that's used here, humility, is, is a realization that on our own, we are through his favor and his blessing, we become enough. That's what that word means. I, I was shocked when I read it. It's saying that, that I understand in my mind that I'm not enough, but it is not just me whipping myself and saying, Peter, you're not enough. Peter, you're not enough. It's saying, Peter, you're not enough in this world, but put your hope and trust in God and he will make you enough. Humility is recognizing that we alone are not enough, but in God, he gives us everything that we might need. Humble steps always go downhill realizing that it is only through God that we are not enough. You know, it's in, it's in tough stuff that we find breakthrough. And let me say, if you're finding this particular message hard to hear and hard to digest, let me tell you to lean into it because it's often in the tough stuff that we really, uh, that God breaks through, even in difficult to hear truths. So to make this practical, I'd love to take this message of downward mobility and walk out and put it into practice in our, in our daily walk this week. If you're here and you're saying, like me, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to take the path of the downhill. I feel God calling me to become more humble, but how do I do it? Here, here's a couple of ways. The first one is this. It's my favorite. That's why I made it the first one. It's, uh, it's the tell no one test. The tell no one test. It's really hard to know what's inside of us until we are um, brave enough to open the can and have a look. Nobody knows um, what truly things have hold, uh, what hold things truly have over us until they open it up and have a look. Like you don't know what hold coffee has over you until you stop drinking coffee, and you wake up one morning and you think, "Man, I really need a coffee." I didn't have a clue what kind of hold coffee had over me until I stopped drinking it. 
You might be sitting there saying, well, Pete, I could give up coffee at any time. I could be humble at any time. Uh, Well, every addict ever has said that. Every addict ever said, I could quit at any time. But, But it's only when you quit something that you find out what hold it has over you. And it's true when it comes to our humility. It's only when we force ourselves not to boast do we find out how difficult humility really is. It's the tell no one test. Next time something great happens to you or you've been given an amazing gift and you're really pleased about it, test yourself by only telling the people who it truly matters to tell. Don't tell anybody else and see see how hard it is. If it's easy for you, that's great. You've passed the test. If it's hard for you, maybe there's something behind there that the Lord would lead you out of. I remember a couple of years ago, I was leading a project and we'd set some annual goals for the project and we achieved those annual goals in the first couple of months. Everyone was ecstatic. It was going great. So we achieved some more goals. Uh, We set some more goals and we achieved them as well. And um, I'm kind of telling people, in this moment, so I'm breaking my own rules, but, but the Lord at that moment told me to, t- to never tell anybody at, at that moment, in that season. He said, you know, everything's going great, but I don't want you to tell anybody. It was a personal character test not to say anything. You'd be talking to somebody and somebody would just be kind of talking about how great their project's going. And I just had to sit there, mouth closed, and say, that is so amazing. You know, I really believe that, that you're doing such a great job there. And you had to encourage them, even though you knew that your results were better than theirs. Come on. It's the tell no one test. It was hard work. It was hard work to find yourself in a position where, where you wouldn't necessarily call it boasting, but you'd just drop a hint that things were going well and let your silence, tell the rest. The tell no one test will very quickly help you see that we're all a people that struggles with humility. And it may be God. Consider places in your life where humility is harder. Consider places where humility is harder. There may be a place in your world where you find yourself struggling with humility more than in other areas. Maybe particular relationships that have kind of, fallen into this rut where where, uh, humility is more difficult to have in that particular relationship. Maybe in your work environment, the boss has always driven a, uh, a healthy, competitive culture in your work environment. But with particular relationships in that environment has kind of turned more into an unhealthy competitive edge. So you find yourself in conversations where you're tempted to uh, compete with somebody just subtly Next time that happens, instead of competing with them, just tell them how great they're doing and see how that feels on the inside. It might be a challenge if you're anything like me. Maybe you have a relationship with someone who when you're talking with them, you try and top other people's, uh, you try and top their stories and they try and top yours. Maybe, maybe you tell yourself uh, they're, the, they're the story topper, but, but it's just a thing you guys have fallen. Practical you might be able to do is to, instead of topping their story, just listen to their story and tell, tell them how great it was and see how that feels for you. We all have places in our lives where we could challenge ourselves to take downward steps. Let me encourage you to, to go away today and just pray about what your thing. Uh, really quickly, is this is to open up to somebody about a struggle you have. 
Now, all of us, especially in today's culture, love to portray the best picture of ourselves. And nowhere, uh, especially this is true on social media. Now, maybe your friends are more honest on social media than mine, but I've never read a post like this. Was feeling a little lazy at work today. Made a bunch of mistakes that cost my company a lot of money. No, no, nobody I know has ever posted that online. It just doesn't happen. We all like to post the, uh, and portray the biggest, the, the best picture of ourselves. In doing that, though, we can often fall into a, into a struggle where we don't confess weakness to anybody at all. One of the most powerful ways I know of to uh, experience God's love and grace flooding my life is to confess a struggle or a weakness to somebody and have them affirm the grace of God over that area. Perhaps even respond with their own struggle in a similar area. You know, we all have uh, the side of us that, that uh, only a few people truly see. And that's okay. It's okay to have a limited group of people who see uh, everything that's going on in your world. But you need to make sure there's at least one person in that group. You need to know that, you need to make sure that at least somebody knows all of your struggles. You know, as the team come today, I truly believe that the way forward in your marriage, the way forward in your career, the way forward in, in whatever area of life that you find yourself in is to take downward, humble steps. The irony is that the more humble we become, the more the Lord can exalt and promote us. This is what it says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 to 6. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very... <clears throat> Nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being found in human likeness. And being found in his appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Because as you know, and as I know, this is not the end of the story where the king of heaven left the golden throne and came down and exchanged it for a stable. He was killed as a common criminal. And through his humility, God raised him up. God raised him up. He took downward steps and trusted the Lord and his provision and power to instead of Christ walking his way up the mountain. He uh, trusted that the Lord would take him up that mountain in his divine power. This is why it says in Philippians 2, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, come on somebody, every knee should bow, every tongue confess to God the Father, that Christ is Lord to the glory of God. The Father, come on, if, if you're encouraged by the fact that God took Christ and promoted Him because of His humility, then you can be, His hand is on you. The more humble you can become, the more His blessing and favor can rest on you. Let me tell you that while the journey of humility is really tough, it is not the end of the story. Because as God leads you to get lower, to resist the urge, to let 
the flow of society carry you uphill. His anointing flows on you in a bigger way and He entrusts His favor and blessing to you in a bigger way. It really is true that the way up is down. Let me break it down for you in this way. A humble approach in your marriage means that the issues of the past can be confessed and dealt with and a stronger relationship can be formed. A humble attitude in your workplace means that instead of causing conflict, you can be part of the team to help heal it. And nothing says promotion and leadership more than somebody who reduces drama in the workplace. A humble attitude in your relationship with God means that how you deal with the stressful and painful issues and He'll help you with those and lead you into a greater freedom and peace. Thanks, sister. Imagine what you could do in your life as you and your world as you commit to walking out humble steps in 2020. The way up is actually down because the way down is a faith step that says that I will trust the Lord in His timing with His plans for my life and I will stay low enough to get His attention. You know, as we come to a close, I want to make one final observation. You know, in life, we, we often find ourselves at a crossroads. We find ourselves at a crossroads in a number of, of situations, but I believe there are people here on one side, there's the humble road, and on the other side, there's the road that you're currently on. You know, let me tell you that if you're standing at that crossroads, God is a loving heavenly Father. He stands on one of the roads and He beckons you to, to change course, to walk His road. It's a road where He leads you, but He doesn't lead you in an attempt to control you. He leads you because that's the path to true life. That's why in John 10, 10, it says that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. If you're here this morning and you know in your heart that you stand at that crossroads and you know that you need the Lord in your life leading and guiding you, let me tell you this. We have all sinned and fallen short of why God sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for us, to take our sin and our shame and our pain upon Himself. And in dying for us and being raised to life, He has given everybody on earth the opportunity to experience a fresh start in God, a new life that God has for us. The great news is that, is that we all in, have stood at one point at that crossroads and God calls us to follow His way and that by choosing that is only ever a prayer away. You can pray this at home. You can pray this uh, out during your day. But you could also pray this right here and right now. I believe there are people here whom God is calling right now. Now we are going to close our eyes in a moment and bow our heads. We're going to pray a prayer out loud. And if that's you, you just pray along with everybody else in this room. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. If you're here this morning and you know you need to pray and get things right with the Lord to walk on His road, you just pray this out loud with everybody else. God, I surrender my life to You. 
I know I've sinned, but I believe that Jesus, you died for me. I turn from my old life and I turn to you. Come in and be the Lord of my life and make me brand new today. I choose from this day forward to live for you. Now, if that was you and you prayed that either for the first time or you know that you've walked with the Lord before, but you need to come home and begin to walk with Him again with every head bowed and eye closed. If that was you, I'm going to count to three and I'd love for you just to pop your hand up nice and high. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to talk about uh, maybe next steps. If that was you, let me say that one, Jesus loves you. He's always loved you and He's got a mighty plan for your life. Two, God is a good, good Father. He'd like nothing more just to lead you and bless your life. Three, would you put your hand up nice and high this morning? Thank you. See that. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, God, we just thank you so much that you have called us to this place. And that even though we might find ourselves in a position where we are doing all the right things, that there is a calling on the inside of us to where we need to be as people. We need to be more humble, more like your son. Holy Spirit, we just, I just ask right now that you'll just be calling each and every person here to find you and all your fullness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.